financially tuned. Whether it's a high-performance engine or an orchestra, there's a significant difference between being slightly out of tune or perfectly in tune. The same is true of your finances. When your financial plan is even slightly out of tune, you may be paying too much for taxes, exposing yourself to too much risk, or retiring without a sound income plan. And like the conductor of an orchestra or skilled mechanic, Eric Cheek of Nevada Retirement Planners is the professional who helps to potentially get everything financially tuned. For the past 24 years, Eric Cheek has provided current, insightful advice for seniors, retirees, and those preparing for retirement. Eric works one-on-one -on -one with each of his clients to take the confusion and mystery out of the issues that threaten financial peace of mind. Contact Eric at 775-674-2222 or on the web at nvretirementplanners.com. And now here's Eric Cheek to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Welcome to another show of Financially Tuned with me, Eric Cheek from Nevada Retirement Planners and our host, Tony Shore. Now we really have an exciting uh, show today. And in this show, we're gonna be discussing beneficial strategies that can help listeners avoid mistakes when dealing with individual retirement accounts known as IRAs. And in addition, we're gonna be talking about your financial legacy. Well, that's important. IRAs and a financial legacy are both very important. Uh, and I know that you have a lot of great information for us today. But first, Eric, let's talk about you, Eric Cheek. How have you been doing? How's everything going there at Nevada Retirement Planners? Hey, everything's great. Uh, we just uh, had a very exciting week uh, in our state of Nevada. We just celebrated our 150th uh, birthday on Friday. And uh, in the lead up to it, I got an invitation to go to the governor's banquet uh, celebrating uh, the 150th uh, year of our state. That was really nice and uh, got to uh, hear a lot of great speakers talking about what a great state we live in. And and uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, Tony, but our state celebrates its birthday on Halloween Day. Just kind of a weird coincidence. But uh, so Halloween out here often is a state holiday. We call it Nevada Day and we just had that. And so it's been a real nice week for us. Good. Well, before we get started today, can you give us an overview of what an IRA is? Actually, you know, kind of define that for our listeners and what makes up someone's legacy? Well, that's a really good question to start us off with. So an IRA is an account set up at a financial institution that allows an individual to save for retirement with tax-free growth or it allows them to save on what's called a tax deferred basis. And there are many types of IRAs. Uh, most people are familiar with what's called a traditional IRA, but there are Roth IRAs and simple IRAs, SEP IRAs. Uh, some are more common than others for various reasons. Uh, but the two most common IRAs are traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. And there's uh, very distinct differences between the two. With a traditional IRA, you get a tax deduction uh, for the money you contribute into the account. So this is a really nice feature. This deduction, of course, reduces your taxable income. So you're basically not paying tax on that income that you've set aside inside that traditional IRA. And the savings or the earnings, uh, they grow tax deferred. This is a really big advantage. 
now, when you withdraw money, the distribution from the IRA is included in your taxable income and it's taxed as ordinary income as if you had just earned it from uh, employment or whatever. Uh, now, a Roth IRA, uh, it does not provide uh, a tax deduction, but what it does do is it provides potentially tax-free savings and distributions, uh, unlike a traditional IRA. So uh, very good advantages to each one, but very distinct. Sure. And I imagine it comes down to each individual situation as to which type of IRA they would either need or have, correct? That's that's a fact. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for that explanation. Uh, that should help us understand IRAs a little bit better. Now, what can you tell us, Eric, about what you mean when you refer to someone's legacy? Well, I like to use the term legacy because it's synonymous with assets and inheritance and possessions. Um, also, it echoes, uh, in my mind, permanent and it represents a lifetime. Uh, it's kind of like a story and it can be imperative to work with the right financial professional and the right firm uh, in planning and reviewing your legacy. Uh, I think that's the first step uh, in protecting it is working with a financial professional. And it shocks a lot of people to know uh, how little people uh, do plan their financial legacy. A study done by LegalZoom called Statistics on Last Wills and Testaments states that approximately 55% of American adults do not have a will or an estate plan in place. Um, so I think that's a big market for, for LegalZoom, of course. Uh, but even more specifically and possibly more shocking, a survey at rocketlawyer.com states that 41% of baby boomers have not legally stated who will get their inheritance. Now, also from this survey, 50% do not have a will to protect their family. Uh, however, people are starting to plan their financial legacy more frequently uh, than they have in the past, and that's a good thing. Uh, a poll done by ABC News uh, states the number of people who have a living will has grown from 17% uh, in the early 90s to around 34% in the late 90s. Uh, to about 41% currently. And it's really good to have a financial legacy planned, of course, and it can be a part of how you'll be remembered, uh, which I think is a, a really nice feature of it. Well, I wonder then, Eric, why more people don't plan their financial legacy, because uh, we all know that there are so many out there that don't. Also, I kind of find it interesting that we use the word legacy instead of inherent inheritance. Yeah, and that's that's something that I like to use. You know, we talked about uh, legacy in a previous show that we did, but, you know, in my mind, legacy can be something quite different than an inheritance. Um, you know, when most people think of as their legacy is the money they leave behind uh, to their loved ones. And there's others who also view their legacy uh, as including charitable giving, uh, donations uh, to something they feel real strongly about. Uh, a church or a favorite charity, perhaps an animal shelter, something like that, or a museum or an endowment fund uh, that they're likely to donate money to. So really legacy comes across more as all-inclusive, where inheritance is usually just referencing the money you leave behind 
to a particular family member or your loved ones. So legacy is more than just the money someone leaves behind. It's kind of their story. Uh, and it's the, the continuation of their story. So I like, I like the term. Now, I recently came across a Wall Street Journal article entitled 401k versus IRA. Uh, and, and it focused on taking control of your assets when you retire by highlighting 401k versus IRA. The three points that I took away from the article are one, that taking control of your assets gives your heirs the opportunity to accumulate tax-deferred wealth. And two, avoiding high 401k fees that can eat into your retirement savings. And three, uh, as the 62-year-old uh, Leo Belfleur states, after rolling over eight 401k plans into an IRA, quote, I totally felt that I had more choices. <laughs> that Isn't that ironic that uh, going from eight different plans into one, he feels like he had more choices, but you know, that's really true and it's great information. According to a 2013 investment literacy survey, roughly nine out of 10 Americans or approximately 92% dramatically underestimated the total 401k fees the average household will pay over the course of a lifetime. So we're talking about a husband and wife, particularly uh, maybe uh, a couple of kids, but also more than half thought under $50,000 in lifetime fees would accrue, but the reality is upwards of $150,000 per household. Uh, a lot of these fees people are completely oblivious to or unaware of. So I like to point them out. And depending on someone's specific situation, rolling over their 401k plans into an IRA may be a beneficial option for them. Now, when considering this, I think it's always vital to meet with a financial professional to make sure you're making the decisions that are in your best interest and your best interest alone. And this leads into the next mistake to avoid on our list, uh, and that is failing the rollover test. Well, what exactly is a rollover test, Eric? Well, uh, when rolling funds over into an IRA from a 401k specifically, an individual has 60 days to reinvest the funds, including amounts withheld for tax purposes, or they risk losing the tax-deferred status of the investment, essentially making it a completely taxable uh, distribution, which really would be a disaster. Uh, so there's two types of rollovers. There's the indirect rollover and the direct trustee to trustee rollover. Uh, direct rollover transfer is much simpler and has a lot fewer uh, potential pitfalls. Uh, it's important to avoid these pitfalls completely in my, in my view. Uh, when you have a choice, go with the direct rollover or transfer. Now, when a qualified IRA is transferred directly between financial institutions, there is no mandatory withholding and there is no 60-day window uh, to be missed. So as a reminder, in order to avoid penalties and taxation, you must complete indirect rollovers within 60 days. Well, that's interesting, Eric, but unfortunately, our time is up for this segment. We have to take a quick commercial break. Do you have anything you'd like to add before we take this break? You betcha. Preparing for retirement, whether it be understanding your Social Security benefits or learning about mistakes to avoid, uh, sometimes it can really be overwhelming and it can even really get on your nerves. Uh, so 
I like people that listen to the show to certainly visit my website at nvretirement.com or call my office at 775-674-2222 to receive our complimentary retirement income toolkit to help you prepare for retirement that uh, you've worked so hard for. Now with this toolkit, you can get information you need to help secure your retirement. Uh, the toolkit is dedicated to providing you with information to help you make sound decisions and build a retirement on a solid foundation that we want to stand the test of time. All right. Well, thanks, Eric. We're going to be right back after this quick break and talk more about IRAs and legacies. There can be many advantages to converting your 401k to a Roth IRA, which include tax-free qualified distributions and growth of earnings. This helps eliminate the uncertainty of future taxes and can lower your taxes owed on Social Security benefits as you near your retirement years. Call Nevada Retirement Planners at 775-674-2222 or online at nvretirementplanners.com. We can answer your questions regarding 401k and IRA rollovers. We work with a team of CPAs and experts who can work with you to help avoid potential pitfalls. We will guide you through the process in the most effective manner possible to help ensure your financial security. Welcome back to Financially Tuned with me, Eric Cheek from Nevada Retirement Planners and our host, Tony Shore. We've been talking about IRA and legacy planning mistakes and how to avoid them altogether. So we talked briefly about uh, an overview of what an IRA and your financial legacy is. So just to review, an IRA is an account set up at a financial institution that allows an individual to save for retirement with tax-free growth on a tax-deferred basis. And your financial legacy is leaving behind your assets to your family, loved ones, uh, churches, charities, uh, things of that nature. So we also went over planning mistakes to avoid by uh, taking control of your assets and not failing the rollover test. Well, yeah, Eric, and it's been a great conversation so far about IRA and legacy planning. I don't think we can stress enough the importance of proper IRA planning. You don't want to have your retirement put at risk just because of poor planning or a lack of planning or knowledge on certain aspects. And that's where you come in, I know, for your clients. And I would encourage our listeners to give you a call. Uh, we have a few other things, though, uh, about uh, retirement and uh, IRA planning to talk about, don't we? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And here's a real common mistake that should be avoided. And that's simply having too many retirement accounts. Um, for example, uh, the retirement accounts someone can, make, and it can accumulate over the years include you know, CDs, uh, multiple 401k accounts from multiple employers, IRA accounts, brokerage accounts, uh, direct purchase, mutual funds, direct stock purchase plans, uh, variable annuities, fixed annuities, insurance contracts of various sorts. Um, having a lot of these retirement accounts is a real common problem when folks come in to see me for the first time. I call these people collectors. Uh, they collect an account here, account there, and I visit with them. Well, you know, I like the gal at the bank, so I opened up a CD there because I had too much money in savings, and and so the story goes. And then they changed jobs and, and just didn't bother rolling over the 401k when they left that job. But having uh, all of these different accounts, it's, it's really hard for a person to get their hands around everything. And, and one of the first things I ask people is what is your investment strategy with all these accounts and, and how are you coordinating these various investment strategies? And 
they look with me, uh, they look at me with a blank stare and that really just says it all. So, you know, with so many accounts, it can really be easy to make some costly mistakes. So it's good to review uh, these uh, following questions to make sure that you're aware of these potential mistakes uh, in the hopes of avoiding them. So do you know how to calculate required minimum distributions from multiple accounts? Uh, what happens if your calculations are wrong? Uh, from which account should you take your RMDs from? Uh, will losses uh, in those accounts affect your retirement? And are your beneficiaries set up properly on all of your retirement accounts? Well, you know what, Eric, that's good to know because I know there can be some costly mistakes if someone has too many retirement accounts. So what are some ways people can avoid these mistakes? Well, my solution for someone with too many retirement accounts varies depending on their specific situation. But for an example, let's say that I have a client uh, that I've just visited with that has 10 different accounts. Uh, the first thing to do is I would encourage them to consolidate their accounts into three different types of accounts, depending on the tax status. For example, uh, if they have more than one IRA, uh, it doesn't benefit them by having multiple IRAs. So let's consolidate or consider consolidating these IRAs all into one. Uh, same thing goes for Roth IRAs. Let's consolidate Roth accounts. And if they have non-qualified brokerage accounts, it, it really does not benefit someone to have multiple brokerage accounts. Say they have a brokerage account at the bank and they have one at a, a broker dealer uh, you know, one of the large national firms, it really doesn't make sense to have multiple accounts unless they're just thinking that it's safer to have their money spread out between various institutions. It really doesn't benefit them. So let's consolidate them based on the tax status first. And by consolidating the accounts, it's really going to cut down on the confusion and certainly uh, minimize potential errors. Uh, additionally, I try to optimize their accounts to take full advantage of all the IRS is made available as well as, you know, asset allocation for the overall desired risk and return that we're looking to achieve. So consolidation can really help minimize confusion. Uh, it certainly can allow for optimization and allow for the client to take advantage of all the options available to them. It certainly cuts down on confusion. Uh, and I always say that it's important to note that planning today can really prevent costly mistakes tomorrow. We don't want to have these mistakes in retirement. They're too hard to recover from. So let's get these things corrected uh, as early as possible and, and, and have that smooth transition into retirement that we all want. Well, definitely, definitely. And I think that another mistake to avoid that I've heard about is the failure to take the required minimum distributions, which are also known as RMDs, because these required minimum distributions, I think most uh, retirement accounts have those, right? Well, IRAs certainly do. And, you know, what happens is some people have done such a good job with their savings and their retirement accounts that if they retire uh, before the age of 70, they might not need to take distributions out of a IRA. But at age 70 uh, is the trigger for when they start uh, to take distributions out of these type of accounts. And so 
sometimes it can get by people. Uh, they're, they're, they're not used to having the money come out of these accounts and now they have to take distributions. So, uh, failing to take an IRA distribution, uh, is, is a big mistake. Uh, another mistake is hidden costs, uh, such as paying fees and loads on IRAs. They can really be a silent killer and may even cost more than income taxes. You know, just think about this. If you're to have an IRA moved over to a broker dealer and the broker you're working with puts your IRA into a, uh, a loaded mutual fund, which really is a commission. It's another way of saying a commission, uh, and say, you know, 5% is deducted, uh, to the broker's commission for the monies invested. You're essentially already starting out at his investment loss, uh, just imagine someone that did that exact thing, rolled over their IRA in 2007, uh, paid a big commission to get their accounts set up and invested, and then lost money in 2008. You know, they're, they're into a big hole that has been dug, and, and it's hard to come out of that. So I really caution people about paying fees uh, when they acquire investment products. So you really want to keep an eye on that, hidden costs and fees and loads it really can be a killer and uh, sometimes even cost you more than the income tax itself. Sure. Well, Eric, to avoid these things, our listeners uh, really need to be working with someone like yourself and you really help your clients avoid any hidden fees or really taking out things that are going to cost them uh, more than they're worth, right? Yeah, I have to be aware of this. Um, our firm uh, is set up to be fiduciaries for our clients. So um, obviously I don't think it's in my client's best interest that if they're to acquire a mutual fund that, that fits in with their, uh, retirement strategy, that, uh, a big commission coming out the front end of it is not in their best interest. So, uh, we want to look for things that have no loads and, and very low fees that are efficient through their retirement years. So yeah, there is a big difference in working with a firm like ours where we're legally required to be fiduciaries and do what we feel is in our client's best interest and not what uh, is going to net a commission or a load or something of that nature. Sure. Well, before we move on to our next topic here and get a little more into the legacy aspect of it, uh, let me reiterate the mistakes we've talked about. So our listeners really need to avoid these mistakes, not taking control of their assets, failing the rollover test, not consolidating their retirement accounts to minimize confusion and avoid potential errors, and paying excessive fees and loads, and failing to take the required minimum distributions. These are all things uh, that they need to avoid and make sure that they're on top of. So Eric, that brings me to my next point. Uh, I've heard that failing to establish separate accounts can cause some problems with IRA and legacy planning. That's right. Uh, another mistake to avoid is failing to establish separate accounts. And what I mean by this is a separate account that is eligible to stretch distributions from an inherited IRA. So um, we're talking about uh, someone that inherits an IRA from a non-spouse. So let's say that uh, one of the listeners out there inherits an IRA from a deceased parent. This is a, a situation like this. And let's say that there's multiple beneficiaries, a family of three, and they've just inherited uh, dad's IRA because he's passed on. So 
what separate accounts means is each one of those beneficiaries uh, has an account that their portion of the inherited IRA can go into. Uh, and this is really important because we want those distributions to be set up in separate accounts based on individual life expectancies of each beneficiary. If you don't separate the accounts, all beneficiaries will be treated as if they had the same life expectancy as the oldest beneficiary. So if you have three kids ages 50, 45, and 35, the 35-year-old would get the same distribution as the 50-year-old. And essentially, uh, they would miss out on 15 years of distributions uh, if it was not set up in a separate account. So this is really important uh, to know how to do this and have someone that can help beneficiaries implement these strategies. Essentially, they get less than the 50-year-old in terms of what they get per year, but because they get 15 years more of payments, they end up getting a lot more money. Uh, and and the benefits of tax deferral work in their favor as well. So um, it's important to note that the separate rule account cannot be used by beneficiaries of a trust. Uh, if the trust is a beneficiary, the IRA uh, will be closed out and a lump sum distribution will go to that trust. So a lot of tricks uh, and a lot of things to avoid. uh, And these things can be avoided with proper planning. Uh, Another mistake to avoid is simply failing to review and update designated beneficiaries. Uh, So some great questions to ask yourself about your beneficiary designations might be, A, are they up to date? Uh, are they accessible and are they in a secure location? Uh, do the beneficiaries come complete with primary and contingent beneficiaries, uh, appropriate for situations involving minors, uh, compatible with restricted beneficiaries, uh, capable of creating a multi-generational payout. In other words, have a, a beneficiary designation to a child and a grandchild. You know, having answers to these questions can really help avoid these potential mistakes. Well, that's really important to know and understand, especially when it comes to beneficiary designations. Uh, Do you have some helpful tips on ways our listeners can ensure that they have the correct beneficiary designations? Of course. Yeah, it's important to know where someone keeps all their original signed documents and beneficiary designations and to make sure they have them all. Um, you know, one of the first things that, that I do with new clients, Tony, is, is part of our review process is just going through beneficiary designations to make sure they're up to date. And you would, you'd really be surprised as to how many people, although they'll have a beneficiary designation, they're just not up to date. Uh, some of them go way back to where uh, they were just starting families and they just, you know, they've left the child out because... Uh, It's just something that got by them over the years. So we want to make sure that all these beneficiary designations are up to date. And that's a good start. Um, It's also good to check with banks and attorneys and uh, financial advisors to verify that they have correct documents as well. Uh, At Nevada Retirement Planners, we want our clients to keep all their documents as they're ultimately responsible for their aggregation. Uh, You know, we've seen too many banks, attorneys and brokers lose or keep outdated documents. So it's important to be aware that the beneficiary designation forms control how your assets are distributed. And it's really vital to keep those forms up to date. 
Uh, it's true for 401ks, retirement plans of all sorts, um, annuities, life insurance, beneficiary designations, and other non-probatable assets. So you should review those beneficiary designations at least every couple years or when there's a major life event. Um, keep copies of the forms, write superseded or something similar on out-of-date forms in case a custodian loses the original. And it's really crucial that your executor knows where to find copies of all these. All right. Well, our time is up. Do you have anything else you'd like to add before we go? Nope. I'd just like to tell our listeners to give us a call at 775-674-2222 or go to my website at www.nvretirementplanners.com. Lots of helpful tools on there. Uh, I'd encourage our listeners to join us same time, same place for another show of Financially Tuned. Take care and we'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Eric Cheek at Nevada Retirement Planners. Call 775-674-2222 or visit their website at nvretirementplanners.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. 